Hello and welcome to this episode of the John Henry Weston Show. You're going to want to stay tuned. We are talking about a Catholic's book on Catholics voting for Donald Trump. And he's very well known. His name is Jesse Romero. Stay tuned. Let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Jesse Romero is a very interesting Catholic. He is a Catholic I've known for many, many years. One who um, has always been known to me as a great evangelist. Someone who I always knew in connection with Terry Barber, another great evangelist. And they've been sort of like a tag team on promoting the faith hither and yon. It's just been amazing. They're very enthusiastic about the faith. And uh, Jesse, welcome to the program. Thanks, John. Thanks for inviting me. You are a powerhouse evangelizer, never shy about anything. And we're going to talk about your new book about getting Catholics to vote for Donald Trump, which is hugely controversial, but given that it's you, it's no surprise. But let's get at least <laughs> some of our viewers who might not uh, know you that well to learn a little bit about Jesse Romero. Who is Jesse Romero? I'm a uh, retired Los Angeles deputy sheriff lived in Southern California most of my life. I lived now in Phoenix, Arizona the last four years. Uh, I also just was involved in, 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 in boxing and karate. I had my own gym, my own boxing and karate gym. That was my formation. That was my seminary training was uh, being a cop um, and, uh, you know, l basically living from one boxing gym and karate gym to another. But um, uh, during that time, I did go through what's a conversion, as the catechism calls that, an interior conversion, or what some people was calling Greek a metanoia. I fell in love with Jesus Christ through the auspices back in the early 80s of the charismatic renewal. And so that opened up my heart to, to dive into scripture. Then I came across an organization called Catholic Answers in the early 80s when it was starting. And that opened a new door to me called apologetics. And so that was that was my formation in the mid to late 80s was the the enthusiasm of the charismatic renewal for God's word and then the structure the intellectual structure of catholic apologetics which I encountered very early on in my in my faith walk beautiful now, just so that everybody knows, uh, Jesse is kind of a pull-no-punches kind of a Catholic. He has been out on the front lines of evangelization in a way that has just uh, made me admire him very much. He is uh, someone who is all out for Christ, um, according to the Catholic Church, therefore knowing how to get to Jesus the quickest, the best means by going through his most holy mother. Um, Amen. So, let let us learn also a little bit about what you're doing right now. I mean, the whole wide world is in lockdown. The whole wide world is not going to daily mass, which I know you did. How are you surviving this lockdown? Uh, well, thanks be to God. It's uh, you know when 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 you have priest friends, they invite you to their basement. You know they invite you to their basement masses. So uh, that's why it's very good to be in 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 very close contact. And relationship with Catholic priests. How, how am I surviving? Uh, I'm getting a lot of stuff done that I don't have time to do around the house, number one. Number two, I'm spending a lot of time with my grandkids, which is good. Uh, and number three, uh, 
because of this book that just came out, A Catholic Vote for Trump, I'm staying busy now doing interviews aside from my two podcasts that I do every day, my two radio shows that I do. And I also do a Spanish radio show as well. And uh, and this book that I wrote just got translated into Spanish. So uh, I'm starting to get Spanish interviews as well as to why Catholics should vote for Trump. So um, I'm just and also I'm, re, I'm I'm doing a lot of spiritual reading, a lot of books that I've wanted to get to. I'm able to to spend more time. I'm also doing a daily, you know, going to holy hour. Hmm. Uh, my wife goes every day. She says that eh, we're going to go see Jesus. And so thanks be to God, most of the parishes out here, if not all of them, the adoration chapels are open as long as, you know, there's some distancing. And so we're able to spend time with Jesus every day. Yeah. Awesome. We're, we're doing the same except out the window of the church uh, where we're all sitting in our cars. But nonetheless, at least it's something. So, okay. Amen. Apart from the fact that you're Catholic, which is huge, and we'll get to in a second, probably more people will be interested in your particular support for Donald Trump because you're a Mexican-American. And, and people would think of all the people who should be opposed to uh, President Trump, it would be you at the top of the pile. What have you got to say for that? My Both my parents are from Mexico. I'm a first-generation Mexican here in Southern California. I'll tell you why I, as a Mexican, and, and first of all, I want to say that when President Trump was running for office, when Donald Trump was running for office, of the 16 candidates on the Republican side, he's the last person, uh, he was the last person on my list. Hmm. I was saying, oh, there's no way I'm going to vote for this guy. I'm looking at everybody else. Yeah, him, yep, yep, yep. Not, and he was like, it, it ain't happening. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? In the last three and a half years, that's completely changed for me. Why? Well, here's something that's very near and dear to your heart, John. I've seen, and the evidence demonstrates, that he's the most pro-life president that I've ever had in my lifetime. I'm pushing 60. He's the most pro-religious liberty president I've ever had in my lifetime. He's the most Catholic-friendly president I've ever had in my lifetime. And again, he's not an... In a, in, a, in a time where it's very politically incorrect to invoke the name of God or Jesus Christ, I mean, this guy called a, day, a national day of prayer for this Wuhan Chinese communist virus. I, for, I don't want to call it the coronavirus. It's the Wuhan virus. That's my mm-hmm. p- opinion. Uh, and, and the fact is, uh, I find that very refreshing that this is coming from a man that's not Catholic. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, uh, he, he's probably a fall away Protestant Presbyterian, he's come back to his faith. And for those people that say, well, he's not even a Christian. Well, I'm going to say this. Uh, Jesus says, you can know a tree by their fruits. With with his position on pro-life, his position on pro-religious liberty, and, and the fact that, again, we as Catholics have a friend in the White House in a long, long time. And I'll tell you why I say that. Father Frank Pavone, who forwarded my book, He's a pre. He's the the uh, the CEO of Priest for Life. He says that he reminded me in a conversation I had with him that a lot of us have have been kind of threatened throughout the years by this. Uh, it's that law that talks about uh, you know you can't open um, uh, the 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 Johnson law. It, it was that gag order that put nonprofits back in the '60s. It, it was a bill that passed that says that nonprofits can't make any political any political statements. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? President Trump has 
let everybody know. He's put everybody on notice that the Johnson Amendment will not be enforced under my presidency. And this is why now you're seeing Catholics and Protestants and people of faith, they're able to say things without, you know, uh, government repercussions, IRS repercussions, because we have a friend in the White House that said that Johnson Amendment, don't worry about it. It will never be enforced under my presidency. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's an incredible thing. Now, let's talk about you as a Catholic, this this book is actually directed at Catholics, and there are and and we're not obviously talking about uh, Catholics who are not really practicing their faith and 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 so on and so forth. This is really a reach out to real practicing Catholics, many of whom would reject President Trump because of his various stances on things like I mean an immoral lifestyle that he's had, um, some of the sayings that he belittles people and speaks in a derogatory manner sometimes. How do you answer those charges? Well, first of all, I would say as as to his lifestyle, his past lifestyle, as Catholic Christians, you all, as, we, as you all know, John, we preach a thing called conversion. Mm -hmm. And we believe that every soul through the grace of God can convert. I mean, that's all we have the famous story of Saul of Tarsus, who is now the great St. Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles. So for somebody to say, for any Catholic to say, yes, the Holy Spirit can change anybody except Donald Trump, you just don't know the Catholic faith, and you don't know the Bible, and you don't know the power of the gospel. The fact of the matter is, you can see there's been an evolution of thought in this man's life, and an evolution of, of, of uh, his interior life as well, as is evidenced, by the enemies he keeps. Here's something interesting. Who hates him? Witches, Satanists, Planned Parenthood, Communist, Socialist, Islamic terrorist, Anarchist. Well, let me tell you something. Everybody that hates President Donald Trump hates Jesus Christ and hates the Catholic Church. Hmm. That's the first thing that I'm going to say. Second point is, oh, look at the way he talks and stuff. He's very rude and bombastic, and he's a sinner and stuff. Look at his past lifestyle. I would just say, uh, John chapter 8, verse 11, whoever has no sin, cast the first stone. How about Romans 3, 23? For all have sinned, that includes you and me, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so let's remember that when you start pointing fingers at somebody and saying, there's no way God can touch his heart. He's a wretched man. Okay, just remember the catechism calls that a rash judgment. You're making a judgment about a person, not based on the facts, based on your, your, your preconceived notions and your biases. But the fact of the matter is, I'm not that concerned with how he speaks. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Come on. I was a cop and I was a boxer and a kickboxer. I've been in gyms and police departments all my life. I've heard people with, with potty mouths. I've heard people that, you know, uh, speak off colored. I'm not a purist. I'm a realist. I, I live on planet Earth. I know not everybody talks like you and I do, John. Not everybody, you know, tries to take, uh, you know, tries to take custody of their mouth and mind. And, and the fact of the matter is, I know good Catholics. My, my co-author, John McCullough, he's a good Irish Catholic. I mean, uh, 
He occasionally he swears and uses a curse word. Guess what? So do I. Am I proud of it? No. That's why there's confession. So I'm not going to be this that indignant about the way he talks uh, and about his occasional outbursts. I'm I'm more worried about how he legislates because when I voted for President Trump, I I understand I'm not voting for a pastor. I already got a pastor. His name's Jesus Christ. John chapter ten verse eleven. I'm voting for a president, and I'm voting for a president, and you really have to look at it this way, because we do live in a fallen world. you got to ask yourself, who is going to govern us in such a way that's going to be more respectful of my Catholic faith? This isn't a Catholic country. This isn't Christendom. This is a, 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 a secular country with Protestant roots. And the fact of the matter is, I just want to have government officials that respect my faith, that allow me to practice my faith, that allow us as Catholics to advance ourselves a social kingship of Christ. I'm not expecting him to be a Catholic apologist. I'm just expecting him to govern in such a way to get out of the way of us as Catholics and respect our religious liberty and allow us to freely practice and evangelize. And he's done that. And, and he set up the atmosphere for that. We're on the other side of the aisle. Boy, oh boy. I mean, you know, uh, you have statements like Hillary Clinton, who was running against him four years ago. He was saying that all religions will have to follow the government. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, you, you have statements uh, where there's, on the other side of the aisle, they, dock up, they talk about government overreach or intrusion into the Catholic faith. That's dangerous. That violates what we would call, John, the principle of subsidiarity. And I see President Trump basically like, like Emperor Constantine giving Christianity religious liberty, saying leave these people alone and let them practice their faith and, and, and just get out of their way. That's how I see him as kind of a parallel of the Emperor Constantine. Right. So a lot of people would maybe respond and say, look, this guy is really not for us. This is all an act. It's all a show because all he's trying to do, he knew he wanted to be president. He knew he had to come in through the Republicans because the, you know, the, the, the slots were all locked up for the Democrats and he had no cred there anyway. He could fool the conservatives by putting on this show of, of conservatism and going for the religious right. And therefore, and he's done it. And that's what we've got right now. How do you respond? Well, it, it, as Catholics, the Catechism tells us that love is dis defined as desiring what is best for another person. Willing and desiring what's best for another person. That's the def definition of love in the Catechism. Well, I would say that President uh, Trump loves this country. Why? He's a successful businessman that doesn't need this job. And he gets insulted seven days a week, 24 hours a day for free. Doesn't take a paycheck. In fact, this paycheck, his paycheck is being earmarked back into this coronavirus task force. The guy works 10 to 15 hours a day for free. Now, I'll tell you why I know he loves this country and he loves the American people. Because he doesn't have the socialist mindset about, oh, there's hungry people, give them a fish. But he wants to teach people how to fish. How? He created the greatest economy in the last 60 years. And that affects everybody. Latinos, blacks, women. 
we had the, the lowest unemployment amongst Latinos, blacks and women in the last 60 years. We broke every single record before the coronavirus. And so, again, that shows a person that has love for the nation and he's colorblind. He wants to raise everybody's standard. And, and, and also, again, you just go back to the words of our blessed Lord. You'll know them by their fruits. President Trump's policies have helped minorities and women more than any other president's policies in my lifetime. Now, here's one. In the black community, what has he done? Again, he had the highest, the lowest unemployment rate for blacks ever, ever in my lifetime. And he's also instituted what's called prison reform. No other president has done that. And this has definitely helped the black community. What about the Latino community? Well, I'll tell you one thing. He loves a Hispanic community. How so? The fact is, by securing our borders, he's slowing down the human trafficking, the prostitution, the drug trades are coming down to a trickle. He's gone after MS-13, who's terrorized the Latino immigrant community. And again, the Bible says, you know, faith without works is dead. Uh, the president's faith in God is demonstrated by his good works to his fellow men. And obviously, as I said before, I'll repeat it again. He's the most pro-life president in my lifetime. And who does the abortion industry go after primarily? Blacks and Latinos. So for somebody to stand up against Planned Parenthood and all this other industry of killing and butchering babies, guess what? You're standing up for minorities, which is the target audience. And so, again, and President uh, 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 Trump, he's also the most Catholic-friendly president in my lifetime. And, and to take the words of Father Frank Pavone, Father Frank Pavone was fighting one lawsuit after another, him and the Little Sisters of the Poor and other Catholic nonprofits were being harassed like an 800-pound gorilla jumping on them under the Obama administration. They were being tied up in courts. F Father P Frank Pavone, a famous line that he says in, in my book in his foreword, he says this, if Trump was not where he is, we Catholics would not be where we're at when it comes to religious freedom. One of the big things that happened during uh, the election and during the primaries even was that Pope Francis was pretty stark in terms of his opposition to President Trump or then former President Trump. It was uh, while he was still running. And he was very clear. Uh, in fact, in the same interview where he said he would not interfere in Italian politics because they were uh, dealing with abortion and same-sex marriage, he actually interfered in the U.S. primaries because he was asked about Donald Trump. And he's talked about how uh, if you are interested in building walls and not bridges, you're not even a Christian. Yeah. You're right. Uh, that was a very sad statement, and I'll tell you why. Because, number one, John, I, I have a big wall around my house here, and I live in a beautiful suburb of Phoenix, Arizona, and I have a high wall around my uh, house, and I had a wall in, when I lived in Southern California as well. Uh, walls make good neighbors, but let me get a little bit biblical here. When you read the book of Revelation, chapter 22, the risen glorified Jesus Christ says that heaven has a wall around it. Hmm. It's in the Bible. 
This is New Testament revelation. And in fact, Jesus says in Revelation chapter 22, as you read it, why does he keep, why is there a wall around heaven? He says this, to keep the outsiders uh, away. And who are the outsiders? He names them. He says, liars, fornicators, deceivers, those who promote falsehood. So heaven has a wall, whether it's mystical or metaphorical. I don't know. Uh, I hope I, I hope I get to see for myself face to face how it looks like. But it has a wall. Also, something interesting. The Vatican has a wall around it as well. We've had a wall around the Vatican for over a thousand years. And when you go to the Catholic Encyclopedia and, and you, you investigate, why do we have a wall around the Vatican, a real high wall? It said uh, over a thousand years ago, it was to keep uh, the Pope and, and the Roman Curia safe from Islamic invaders. Hmm. It was to protect us from Muslims. That's why the Vatican has a wall. Also, the White House has a wall. Okay, they have a fence actually. The White House has a large fence around it, and if you get through that large fence that's got spikes on top, you know you're going to run into the Secret Service that's got some machine guns and 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 police dogs, okay, canines. But under Obama, most people don't know President Obama put a second fence around the White House, so the White House has always had one large fence with spikes on top. Now, under Barack Obama, we have two. So there's two gates, security gates, by the way. There's security gates around the White House. Then, if you make it past both those security gates, you're going to uh, confront the Secret Service with machine guns and German shepherds. And also, when you look at the Old Testament, does God have a problem with walls? Now, when the Israelites were captive to Babylon and God used... Cyrus, the Persian king, who I, again, see as another kind of an Old Testament figure of, of, of Donald Trump. This was a rich, pagan womanizer that God called him my Messiah. And he, he uh, uh, Cyrus of Persia, crushed Babylon in a war and liberated the Israelites, gave them money, and said, go back to Jerusalem. And then God told Ezra Nehemiah, by the way, when you get back to Jerusalem, build a wall. So God tells the Jews, when you get back to Jerusalem, build a wall to protect yourself against your enemies. So I don't know why the Holy Father said that, but according to the Bible, according to the Vatican and the White House, walls seem to be a very good thing. <laughs> okay. There is a concern that a lot of people have, um, and, and I share this concern about Donald Trump, and it is the way he has addressed homosexuality. He's got a foreign minister going about promoting homosexuality still, and that's a real concern. And what do you make of that? You're right. Um, you're right, John. I mean, I'm, I'm, not going, I'm, not a, I'm not an apologist for Donald Trump. I'm just trying to I tried to write my book like a police report, as uh, Sergeant Joe Friday said. Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. Y'all remember that show. W what would I say about that? Well, remember, the first thing that I'll say, he was not formed by the Catholic faith like you and I. So you and I, John, we have been formed by the fullness of truth. He has not. Okay, He's a Protestant Presbyterian that just came back to his faith. Now, I will say this. Let, let's look objectively speaking about his stance on homosexuality that seems to be in question, okay? I mean, heck, I, this is embarrassing, but I'm going to say it. Most of our cardinals, bishops, and priests in the Catholic Church 
dissent from the teachings on the Catholic faith on homosexuality, or at least they're silent about it. Now, when I voted for Trump, again, I didn't vote for a pastor. I already have a pastor. His name's Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 10, John chapter 10, verses 11 and 14. I'm voting for a president, and I'm not a purist. We don't live in heaven. I'm a realist. And I realized that our president was not formed by the Catholic faith. He's a Protestant. He's not even a minister. So I believe, and these are my thoughts, I believe that he's going to look at the Supreme Court decision, Obergfell versus Hodges, on homosexual marriage, much like many people say today. They'll say, well, it's settled law. Okay, so let's move on. I mean, that, 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 those words were similar to what we saw in the interview that Bishop Barron had on the Dave Rubin show. Dave Rubin asked Bishop Barron about that issue, and he said, well, it's settled law and stuff. So now, I expect that from President Trump, a Protestant Presbyterian, who's a president for all people. But to me, when Bishop Barron said virtually the same thing, that it's a settled law, I think Bishop Barron, in all due respect, he grossly underestimates the degree to which same-sex marriage is being used as a Trojan horse to undermine fundamental rights and freedoms of Christians. So I expect more from a successor of the apostle. Uh, but most people don't know that many of the LGBT, the gay activists, are very angry with President Trump insofar as on June, the month of June, uh, President Obama, he's declared it Gay Pride Month. Well, guess what? President Obama used to put the rainbow-colored uh, 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 lights up against the White House, and he, they were even doing it on the Empire State Building as well. Well, guess what? President Trump is not doing that, and he's taking a lot of flack by the LGBT community. They're saying, hey, month of June, light up the White House like, like, uh, like President Obama. Again, he's... Uh, He's not playing politics in that regard with the White House. Now, personally, I believe I, if I had a cup of coffee or breakfast with him across the table at Denny's by myself or Coco's with President Trump, and we talked about homosexual marriage, I'm sure that in a private conversation, he would probably sound like an Orthodox, Bible-believing Catholic on this topic, okay? Again, he's got to pick his battles. He, you know... I think he sees that, okay, there's bigger fish to fry. And and remember, I have no doubt that he probably has some he probably has some young staffers that are probably telling him, hey, boss, you gotta avoid this topic. So he's doing the second best thing. What's he doing? And I see this. This is this is flanking the enemy from behind. He's reshaping the judiciary with justices that are strict constitutionalists, conservative, and people of faith. I mean, this is the only way you're going to overturn some of these bad decisions like Obergefell versus Hodges and Roe versus Wade. Because these decisions, these immoral laws were passed by rogue, liberal, evolving constitutional justices. And uh, the only way you can overturn this is to put conservative justice and people of faith on the bench. And that's exactly what he's doing. Now, I don't expect a Protestant president of a country who's a president for all the people to erase 20 years of a debased culture or what John Paul II calls the culture of death. 
like like all protest like all presidents, excuse me, uh, he's a president for all people. Who do I expect to come out thunderously against this? My bishops and the Holy Father. Absolutely. Jesse, a, a very interesting book. Tell our reader or our viewers, please, where they can get this book. I know it's available from 10. Where can they get it? It's uh, by yourself and John McCullough, I believe. Yeah. Uh, the book, you can get it from 10books.com or you can get it from amazon.com. You can also get it on Kindle. And uh, this week, it was just translated in Spanish. So I believe the Spanish copies are going to be available by next week. So the book is also being translated in Spanish. You can get it from 10books.com uh, or you can get it from amazon.com. And John Henry Weston, uh, what a pleasure. And thank you for allowing me the opportunity to share uh, my faith uh, on such an important topic as the 2020 elections. Happy to do it, Jesse. Great to have you on. May God bless you and all of your work that you do for the kingdom. May God bless all of you. And we'll see you next time. Hello, this is John Henry right. Weston. I'd like to invite you Thank to subscribe you. to the John Henry Weston Show YouTube channel if you haven't already done so. There you will find all the past episodes and much more. Thanks again for watching, and may God bless you.